and we'll begin reading in verse number five, and Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac. But unto the, the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had, Abraham gave gifts and sent them away from Isaac his son, while he yet lived eastward unto the east country. Verse number seven. These are the days of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived, and hundred threescore and fifteen years, hundred seventy-five years. Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man full of years, and was gathered to his people. I want to look again at verse number seven, and these are the days of the years of Abraham's life which he lived, and hundred threescore and fifteen years. Our thought this morning, our subject, our title is very simply the days and life of Abraham. The days and the life of Abraham. It's a very interesting text in this passage of scripture. I think that it's kind of like if you could imagine with me this morning, and I don't want to be morbid, but if you could kind of go with me for just a moment out to the cemetery, we're not going, weather's too bad. But many of you have been there and you've looked at headstones and uh, on those tombstones you'll um, normally find uh, the date when someone was born and the date when someone passed away. The day that they were born and the day that they died. For instance, it might have been September the 26th, 1950. That's my birthday. Over here on one side, on the on the left side, and then over on the right side, it would have something about died or whatever, and then, of course, the date of the death. But there's a very interesting little character in between those two dates, uh, the one being when someone was born, the other being when someone passed away or died. And it's a little thing called a hyphen, and it's kind of wedged in between there, between when they were born and when they died. This is kind of like the hyphen on the tombstone of Abraham. And the reality of it is that hyphen tells the whole story of Abraham's life. This one verse tells us everything about Abraham. It tells us how that Abraham lived and how that Abraham died. What really counts beyond that. And we'll look at it for a few moments, but the, the, uh, uh, a hyphen is, is just something that, that uh, connects or couples two things together. Sometimes it's two different words, but in the case this morning, it has to do with that little visual that I gave you a moment ago. The reality of it is, it's the sum of someone's life. Verse number seven is the sum, the days and the life of Abraham. Abraham's a very interesting character in the scripture. He's mentioned about 400 times in the King James Bible. There are 27 books in the King James Bible that mention the name of Abraham. Abraham, I think, is second, is only second mentioned to David, which was mentioned maybe a thousand times in scripture, at least twice of what Abraham was made mention of. And so uh, there's, and then there's specific places in the Bible that it talks about Abraham. 
Remember there in Hebrews chapter number 11 when it's giving the, what we call the hall of faith of Christian believers and the, the martyrs of days gone by. And I think in that passage of scripture, it gives about 10, just 10. Now we're talking about Abraham, the father of all. We're talking about Abraham that's called many and he's characterized in so many ways in the scripture. And yet we have one verse here in the book of Genesis. By the way, there's about 15 chapters in the book of Genesis that tells the whole story of Abraham. It's about 15 pages out of the book of Genesis that tell the whole of who Abraham is, all of his deeds that he had done, how that he, was li how that he lived, and how that he died. Just 15 little pages, 15 little chapters tell us about Abraham. But Abraham is a very important character in the scripture because he's mentioned there in Hebrews chapter number 11. And in that passage of scripture, his whole life, once again, is just reduced to 10 little verses in the Bible. 10 little verses in the Bible. It tells us this about him. It tells us that, uh, how that God had called him, God had called him, and here's what happened. These four words are mentioned in Hebrews chapter uh, number, uh, I believe in a chapter number 11, or these three words rather. When he was called, by the way, God calls us, I know we want, we, we want to be called to success, but God calls his people to obedience. And Abraham might not have been successful in our economy today. I mean, who would put a lot of emphasis on somebody just kind of up and moving away and going to a far country and, uh, and, and all of these weird things and, and, and very unspectacular things that happened in the life of Abraham. But be mindful of this. God doesn't call us to be successful. God calls us to be obedient. And Abraham obeyed God. It is said of Abraham, when God called Abraham, number one, he obeyed. Number two, he sojourned. Number three, he lodged in the land. In reference there, in the Hebrews chapter number 11, it says something about the journey of Abraham. And then the only other thing that it mentions about Abraham in my study is this wonderful thing about bringing Isaac into the world that miracle that happened between Abraham and Sarah, his wife, and in their 90s and, and past the time of procreation. And, and here they have a little baby boy named Isaac. It tells that story. And it seems to me that with all the things that Abraham did in his lifetime and in the days that he lived, something would be more important than that. But God mentioned that as a great thing that happened in the life of Abraham, it said these three things about the promise of God. These three things. Number one, it said he was persuaded. I like that. I may never get to the message this morning. I like the introduction too much. Here's something about the promises of God in the life of Abraham. He was fully persuaded about the promises of God. I don't know about you. And... Uh, but I'm glad, I'm glad this morning that we have this example and we'll talk about it in just a moment. 
But when it came to the promises of God, Abraham didn't have to have any guarantees from anybody else. Abraham didn't have to have any verification from the Sanhedrin or those of, of scholarly and theological levels. Abraham just believed the promises of God. Can you and can I? Just believe God at his word. God's promises, take them to the bank. Abraham, number one, when it comes to the promises of God, Abraham, the Bible said, he was persuaded. <laughs> uh, you're not getting it like I'm getting it. Maybe it's the rainy day that's got you down. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the thunder. I don't know. But the promises of God that he has made for you and made for me, Abraham was fully persuaded. Number two, here's what else he said about the promises of God. Right in the scripture. Not trying to alliterate anything or anything. It said that he embraced them. <laughs> oh yeah. He was persuaded of the promises of God and he embraced the promises of God. The life, the days and the life of Abraham were measured by God's fulfillment of his promises in Abraham's life. I'll get more personal in just a moment. But let's see, and here's the third thing. When it mentioned the promises of God, Hebrews chapter 11, some of you over there reading it now, but you can wait till you get home. Just, uh, just wait just a moment. It mentioned he, he was persuaded about the promises, he embraced the promises, and then he confessed the promises. You know what he was doing? He wouldn't say, Lord, you finally convinced me now and I, I just want to confess that the promises came true. He was testifying about the promises of God. It, it wasn't enough that the promises of God were acting well in his life and they were being affected in, in his life and his family life and the nation of Israel and God was fulfilling his word, but he was testifying and telling others the promises of God. Hallelujah. So then you come to the life of Abraham, number one. Number one. I only have five things very quickly. There's seven major tests in the life of Abraham. Number one, there was the test of faith. The test of faith. And uh, you see it, and, and we're not going to go to all the verses and look at everything for the sake of time this morning. And, uh, but when it comes to this matter of Abraham's life, the seven major tests in Abraham's life, the seven major tests in his life. Number one was his test of faith. The Bible said when he was called to go out of Egypt, you know what he did? He obeyed. The test of trust. Faith and trust kind of go hand in hand. They're first cousins, but there's a little bit of difference in them. And uh, the matter of faith, and then, and then when faith is enacted, then we can trust upon what God has said. Our faith feeds on facts. When God does this, then it gives us, it helps us take another step and walk with Him. When He, when he, when he provides for one step, then we're encouraged to take another step. And so we not only have faith in God, but He had the test of faith. Your faith will be tested. My faith will be tested. Some of you this morning, your faith and your trust, right now, you're in a trial in the middle of your, of your life, like Abraham, about faith and trust. Here's another test. This one is, it kind of, kind of produces, kind of symptomatic 
uh, of faith and trust. It, it, and it's the word humility. He had the, he had the test of humility. The test of humility. Uh, he also had a faith of integrity. These are seven tests that came in the life of Abraham. You can study them for yourself. The test of integrity. And uh, by the way, I, I can't tell you that Abraham uh, scored 100% on all of his tests. I, I, I can't tell you that in the spiritual realm that Abraham had a perfect four-point GPA. I can't tell you that he maxed out the, 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 uh, the testing, but I can tell you this, even though he made some mistakes in his life, Abraham is still recognized in the Scripture. You know, he, you know, you know here's, here's something Abraham reminds me of. He reminds me of myself. Sometimes I fail. Sometimes I have faults. Sometimes I don't do what I should do. Sometimes I don't do the things that I should do. Sometimes I do things that I shouldn't do. Sometimes I fail the test of faith. Sometimes I fail the test of trust. Sometimes my integrity uh, uh, don't look at me so sanctimonious like stroking a sanctimonious nose. You're just like me. We all make mistakes. Saw a bumper sticker the other day and it said, my wife said, I don't pay attention or something. We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Abraham made mistakes. He, he had the, uh, the, uh, the test, the major test of courage and of temptations. And of obedience to God. Number two, let's hurry along. And, uh, and so we're talking about Abraham's life. Let, let me insert this right here. One of the most sobering questions in all the scripture, I think it's probably five words in, um, in James chapter 4 and verse number 13, for what is your life? We're looking at the life of Abraham. And... Uh, and, and I think that we can use the life of Abraham as an example. But my question, what about my life? What about your life? How are you, how are you coming along with this matter of trust and faith and, and the promises of God and obedience to his call? We'll look at that again momentarily if we have time. Abraham had seven major tests in his life. And so will you. So will you. There's three great relationships in the life of Abraham, and I wished I had time to talk. He had a great relationship with God. He, he communed with God. He, he meditated. I, I, it looks like, and I can't read my own writing sometimes, it looks like he medicated with God. But <laughs> he meditated with God. He communed with God. He meditated with God. And he served God. What a relationship. What, what great communion is that to have and a relationship with God Almighty to where we commune with Him, meditate, and serve Him. Abraham also had a great relationship with his family. That's what I wanted to preach on today. I wanted to preach on the family today. Haven't done that in a pretty good while. Been about one-fourth of my entire ministry has been on the family and home, but I've kind of neglected that the last year or so. And as soon as Sister Debbie and I get things straightened out, I'll go ahead and no, I'm kidding. 
I'll get back on it. Great relationship. Number one, God. Number two, your family. Number two, your family. You can have friendships and kinships and, and you can have alliances and allegiances. You can have everything in the world but your family. Noah knew that. Abraham knew that. This book that I have before me this morning is a book about families. It starts out with a family of Adam and it, it, it ends up with a family of God. And all through its pages, all through its chapters, all through its books, it's a story about families. The family of Adam and the family of Abraham and the family of Noah and the family of Moses and the family of David. And it, go, and it goes on and on and on. And then the New Testament opens up with the family of God. And so we're asking the question this morning, how's your life going? Could I ask you a personal this morning, a personal question this morning? How's your how's your how's your life going when it comes to your relationship to God? It's easy in the course of the year to get backslidden and cold-hearted and indifferent and, and you can be in church and you can be in the choir and you can, be, you can be doing all the other things and tithing and all those kind of things and drift and just be like a, a boat that's left untied at the dock and the next thing you know it's, it's blown all the way across the lake and you weren't even aware of it. Seven great tests. Three great relationships in the life of Abraham. Number one, his God. Number two, his family. Number three, his people. His people. I don't know about you, but this is my people. I mean, right here this morning. I mean, I love to, to sing the song, and, and we, we've done it from time to time. I learned it from Brother Chad Bailey when he was in Lakeland. On Sunday night, they'd all stand around the auditorium, hold hands, and sing, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Holding hands. Holding hands. You have to be careful about where the teenage boys are, are standing and, you know, and all those kind of things. But this is our family. The, I should say, these are our people. Our people. God's family. Abraham had three great relationships in his life, his God, his family, and his people. Thirdly, three significant actions that take place in the life of Abraham. In Genesis 12 and verse number 4, the Bible said he departed. So Abraham departed. In chapter number 12 and verse number 9, it said, And Abraham journeyed. And in the third place, in chapter number 13 and verse number 12, when it came to the land of Canaan, and Abraham dwelled in the land. In the fourth place this morning, there's four important goals in Abraham's life. Four important goals. Number one, Abraham set out to be this, and let's, let's finish up quickly this morning. Listen to me, and uh, you, I can give you the notes later. He, he, his, 
His life was built around being a custodian for the word of God, God's word. That's, that's, that's what the church is here for. And that's not all the church is here for, but it is, it is the church. That's why we support ministries like Bearing Precious Seed and, and Victory Printing Ministry there in Florida and, and all of these. That's the reason we do all of those kind of things and spend tens of thousands of dollars a year as far as God's word is concerned and the gospel is concerned. Custodians of God's word. Number two, Abraham in the, in the second place. Four important goals in his life. Number one was to be a custodian for God's word. Number two, to be a pattern for God's people. You know that we're all epistles read of men? Do you know that no man liveth to himself and no man dieth to himself? Have you heard that lately? Do you know, sir, do you know, Dad, that young man is looking up to you? Do you know it's not just your son that's looking up to you, but others in the church and others in school and others at play and, and others around town, they're looking up to somebody. Somebody's going to be their leader. Somebody's going to help them to weave and bob through life as it is. Somebody's going to, their Sunday school teacher. Their youth director, somebody. Abraham was a pattern for God's people. Pattern for God's people. It's amazing how our children kind of is imitate or whatever, you know, the things that we do. How they kind of follow the patterns in your life and in my life. My dad was a building contractor. By the time I was four years, five years old, I could drive a 16-penny nail. I saw two before when I was seven years old with a handsaw. Want to be like my dad. And they're going to follow you. And they're going to follow me. And they're going to follow you, sir, Mr. Harrelson. And they're going to follow you, Mr. Phillips. They're going to follow. And they're going to follow you, ball coaches. And, and so we need to understand that Abraham wanted to be a pattern for God's people. He wanted to be an example to believers. He wanted to be an advocate of true worship. We'd have to go all the way to the 22nd chapter of the book of Genesis to find real, true worship in the life of Abraham. I'm not talking about anything off the shelf. I'm not talking about anything that, that somebody just made up and it felt good. But I'm talking about real biblical worship in the life of Abraham. We're satisfied with so much less than that this day and hour. Abraham was an advocate for real worship. Then finally, there's five fundamental accomplishments in Abraham's life. And so with that said, i got to look back over my life. Like a, here we are at the end of 2023, that's hard to believe already. I was in um, Lowe's and Home Depot, all those places recently. And I noticed they had people walking around and they had things that, like little iPads or whatever they were, and they were going around and they were taking inventory on the shelves and they were counting everything and, and everybody had a section. They were 
You know, that's good practice. But it's not just good for Lowe's and Home Depot and Harbor Freight to take an inventory of where they are. That's good for you and it's good for me. For what is your life? The most sobering question in the scripture. What is your life? We have a pictorial of Abraham's life, but what about my life? Here's five fundamental accomplishments in Abraham's life. If he didn't do anything else, number one, he believed God. Wouldn't that be something on your tombstone? He believed God. You might not win 10,000 to Christ. You might not have 500 in Sunday school. But you can believe God. You can believe God. Number two, following that, he obeyed God. This is just kind of a summary of Abraham's life. He obeyed God. Number three, in that he believed and obeyed you have to follow. Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. Anywhere, everywhere, I will follow on. I heard one old preacher in camp meeting, he said, where he leads me, I will follow. What he feeds me, I will swallow. Just follow him. You're not always going to be first, second, or third at what you do. But if you'll believe, if you'll obey, and if you'll follow, you'll have a good life. You'll have a good life. Here's one. We need to send this one to Washington. He provided for his family. Didn't he? Didn't he? He provided for his family. I learned that from my grandpa. I learned that from my daddy. When these two, Andy and Stephen, when they came and asked me, can they marry uh, Tracy Marie, one of the things I said, you've got to provide for them. You've got to provide Said no, I said, you got to keep them in church. You got to provide for them, and you can't ever hurt them. Don't ever lay your hands on them. And so when we were, when they were younger and I was younger, I just wanted to prove the point to them that I could take them down. Now I wouldn't want to try it now. All that's over. They've done good. They're on their own now. And so right up there in the living room of, of that pastorium, I had both of them in a headlock on the floor. Don't ever hurt them. And provide for them. And I can say this. I know I pick out them a lot. They're not really toe-headed idiots. They're pretty brilliant. Both of them have great jobs, and they provide for their Whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to that? And then finally, you get over in 18 and 19 and Lot and all of those chapters in the book of Genesis, he interceded on behalf of others. 
five accomplishments in the life of Abraham. I don't know that he ever got a trophy. I don't know that he ever won an award. I don't know what kind of compensation he might have had for it, what retirement, 401Ks, and all of the, I don't know what he had. But he had five major accomplishments. And if you do those things, if you can do those things, you'll be like Abraham and find great success. Would you stand with us for prayer?